Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Foreign Takes. I'm here with the boys. Boys, say hello. 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 Wow. What are we going to talk about today, boys? Um, we're going to talk about City Liverpool, which was just as devoid of energy as our intro right now. We're going to talk about Premier League. We're going to talk about Carnacho's goal. Carnacho. Yeah, the, the wet dreams KG is still having about it. Yes. Uh, we might, uh, you know, talk a little bit about Serie A and what's happening right there. And what's uh, back this week? Yeah. Champions League. We're going to be covering the predictions. The, the second biggest competition in Europe after Europa so League, funny. of course. <laughs> so far, we're zero out of all of our predictions for the Champions League. We got zero, right? No uh, yeah, you, you can only get better, right? Um, yeah. We might as well start with the biggest game of the week, right? I think that was uh, Man City at home, drew 1-1 with Liverpool. I think Big Lev said it in the intro, it was just a shockingly boring game, right guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unexpected, to be honest. I expected more from the game. Um, Did you think it was international break caused? Or just... I think so, yeah. Dude, like Everyone was just like, City had a lot of the ball and did, we're not... Like we're not pushing like you are used to them pushing, and Liverpool gave the ball away so many times in poor positions due to just like not having that extra step. It yeah. was yeah, and um, you know, I hate that I had to wake up at like seven thirty for that game. Yeah, it was just like there was nothing memorable about it. Yeah, except maybe I mean, Trent's goal was fine, but like that. There was there were it. memorable moments. There were some memorable moments which just. Not to the standard of what Liverpool and City usually do, right? It's like usually it's three two, two two, like four two, stuff like that. But it was just like meh, like okay, they played in a draw. Klopp was satisfied yeah. with the draw. Like it was obvious that like putting Endo on, putting that midfield there to just over overwhelm City in the last moments of the game, he was just content with the draw. And that's what not usually what Liverpool does. It felt like for both, right? Like, obviously, City are more inclined to attack since they were at home. But it almost felt like they were both kind of agreeing to a draw. That's the kind yeah. of energy the game was giving, both for minute one and minute 91, honestly speaking. City didn't have much of the players, though. They had, like, a very short bench. They had a lot of young kids on it. Doesn't excuse them from not pushing, and they could have pushed. And uh, I think the last opportunity they had is was a Holland's header. That yes. it went right off the post, and Pep Guardiola was on the touchlines going, Look, it was so close. Was so... But on the replay, it was just not even close. It was just yeah, the no trajectory chance. was completely different. So I don't think City usually pushes. I agree with Bigelow. City usually pushes and gets it over the line in these big games, and that's yep. why they are title contenders, and that's why they're uh, getting where they should be at. But I don't know. This seems different this time. I have a yeah, question. And, 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 you know what I don't understand? Why is Bold Fraud refusing to make any subs? He didn't make a substitution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he what? didn't have anyone. That's the point. The bench was short. Uh, I mean, have... you could have introduced someone. I don't know. No one from the attacking end. I think he, he had good subs on the bench. Like, he got he had Guardiol. He had, I think, someone Rico else. Lewis, I Rico think. Lewis. But no one to, like, change the game. He didn't have Grealish. He didn't have 
Did Foden play? I don't even know if Foden played, but I think he didn't have he didn't have on the bench too. So. Yeah, he was playing, but he wasn't really. I think a question for you though: Do you think City were playing this way because they were scared of Liverpool's countering ability? That they seemed almost they weren't fully committed, like you were saying. Do you mm-hmm. think that that's because it was specifically Liverpool with specifically Nunes up front? Is that the fear, or is it just a this just is what it is? Wouldn't have mattered who the competition was. International break, low energy. No, no, it definitely matters who the competition was. Um, I mean, City is aware how quickly Liverpool can do stuff, and they have games where Liverpool just quickly scored one or two goals against City. So I think there was a little bit of hesitation because they didn't want to give away points. But uh, part of it was also because I, I guess they didn't they didn't have it legs where people were not played, you know. You lose some of the chemistry once you're gone on the internet. That's why I hate these international breaks, man. Yeah. It's just useless, uh, right? Same for Liverpool. Like, everyone, like, for example, like, if you're Alvarez or if you're McAllister, you just played into that, what the fuck was that Brazil-Argentina game when everyone yeah. was trying to kill each other? <laughs> but you played into this, like, leg-breaking game Tuesday, I think. Then you had to fly across the Atlantic come in, deal with the uh, jet lag, and probably didn't even have time to like train properly with your team and play first thing on Saturday. So, I mean, what was Premier League thinking? Like, why do you have that as a first game? Like, It makes stupid. I mean, you heard Klopp talk about it, right? Yeah. And then actually in his interview, he's like, you know what? You guys, I think he was going on. He's like, oh, Tuchel once gave an amazing, because every time I see something, you're going to take it and misconstrue my words. So if yeah. you want my opinion, just go listen to Thomas Tuchel. And yeah. he, he's right, though, right? It's like yeah. half that team has flown across the world twice over in the last 10 days and has played multiple games. It's like, why would you make this the early game? Why yep. wouldn't you make Luton Crystal Palace or something else the early game? Yeah. Like, this was the wrong game to make the early one. And the um, other games, you can see visually that they were better prepared. And you could not better prepared, but physically they were in a better place. Yes. Like the Luton Crystal Palace one, just because... Of that, and I think putting yeah. Liverpool at 30 was uh, the dishonest approach to to the hardworking men. I think I have uh, a question. This are. is a, a something, or more of a statement that we've talked about. But I think two or three episodes ago, we we're talking about Liverpool's problem at the number six. So obviously, their only natural six is Endo, and then they've been using. And I think the agreement all three of us came to was in the games where Liverpool expect to have a lot of domination, like a, like possession domination. It's going to be McAllister at the six, but in more defensive games, it's going to be Endo. And this was yet another example, in my opinion, where he got it wrong. Like, McAllister is not a six. Do not play McAllister as a six in a game where you're getting dominated, right? There were so many yeah. times he was just getting overrun by the midfielders. I, I don't understand why Klopp insists on doing this. Maybe because Endo's an older player that he cannot maintain the intensity for 90 minutes in the league right now. Maybe because he needs cover for Trent, because they were afraid that Trent is going to be overrun by Doku, which, by the way, Doku didn't overrun Trent. And I have a controversial opinion on Doku. I don't think he's, I don't think he's all that bee's knees that everyone comments and goes like, oh, Doku is this amazing player. But I think I agree that Klopp made some questionable choices playing McAllister, playing uh, what's it called, Jota on the left. We agreed. I think. Oh, oh Jota was useless. That, Use, as, that didn't work. As useful as a wet towel, Jota. That uh, yeah. was a terrible game from him, honestly. Yeah, but my controversial opinion, I, 
I think we should talk more about City in this case because Liverpool, it's understandable, Liverpool was happy with the draw and Liverpool uh, kind of will take it away and then they can beat them at home and that's going to be the difference that it makes against potential contenders. But in terms of City, I think they only creativity output was Doku on the left. The right side was a bit shaky and Alvarez doesn't do much as well and he was tired uh, in that game. But I think Doku is just I said it, and it's, it's, it's Valencia on steroids. As soon as he gets, <laughs> when he gets that pace out of him, or if he plays against a person who can go up to him on par with his pace, he has nothing else to offer. He crosses the ball. He's a typical four-four-two winger. Put him in, put him in two thousand ten. Put him in two thousand seven. He's going to be a star winger. But he's not a modern type of a player. So you know what I'm here's here's where I disagree with you. I agree yeah. for this game. He didn't have the output, like the the end result, but he was still pulling two defenders every single time, right? He's making the space for everybody else to do damage. But there were still moments, I think, that he got... I mean, let's be real here. Trent did an okay job, but Trent is a cone compared to Doku, right? Yeah. It just is what it is. It's like, there was no way Trent was ever going to defend him one-on-one, like, even on his best day. But I, this is where I semi-degree, it's like, I agree there was no output on this game, but if you replayed this game another day and it was the same situation, I feel like Doku would at least have had one or two assists or like really high quality chances that he would have laid. It just the, did, it just everyone was off this game. The question that I have for you in terms of Doku, like, the the quarrel that I have with him is that he's not a typical Pep Guardiola sign. No, which is exactly why they signed him, in my opinion, to have something different. Yeah, but he's now playing as the main fiddle, main role. He's benched. Grealish no, no, on the I, left. Wait, I think had Grealish been healthy, he would have started this game against Liverpool of all players. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's just because Grealish was injured. That's the only reason. I, I, just, I, I don't see how that style marries into the whole city game of controlling the ball, passing it. He sees, uh, he would probably be good for United in their Oli Ball days or Arsenal in the Wenger days when you run on the wing. But he's not like this. He's not a typical but, pep player. That's exactly. But I think that's exactly why they do it, right? It's like, maybe Biglev can chime in. It's like, I think Grealish is the pep player because, you know, he fits the system, slow, yeah. controlled, everything. And then on the days when that's not working and they need someone to just break it down 1v1 because they don't have anyone else who's going to dribble 1v1, right? I think Doku is the yeah. only player who can really do 1v1 dribbling. There's no He's Salah. Not... There's no Mane. There's no. There's nobody else who had that magical 1v1. He's dribbling is now. He's throwing. It's like putting the ball in the space and running past them. Like again, as soon hey, as the pace works, is off, it works, right? Yeah, yeah. but like, it's Dude, not and, like and yeah, he's like no way a finished pro- product. Oh. But he had games this season when he like his end product was amazing. So mm-hmm. yeah, against Liverpool, I think he fell off kind of after like first good 10-15 minutes. But I, I I think he's amazing. I can't believe like people let City get him. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, it's because of this game with Azerbaijan. They got to, they tired him out. That's why he played against Azerbaijan. <laughs> but another Bell. example of international break. Um, uh, I think we should talk about a more interesting game, which was... Uh, I believe it was Newcastle 4, Chelsea 1. Um, uh, all I will say is, why didn't fucking Chelsea play like this when they played against Arsenal? Why did they decide to show up? Because this was the Chelsea that we're used to. This is it's the Chelsea way. that we know. It's a way. They got it's a destroyed. Way. They got destroyed. I mean, this weekend has been... Uh, they had a handful of good goals. 
And I don't know if you caught Sterling's free kick. Amazing. Stunning. Stunning. Stunning free kick. Like, oh, like a throwback Cristiano Ronaldo free kick. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but man. Yeah. It was good free kick, but it was pretty much... It's, it was not in a fully in the corner. So I think a good goalkeeper should have saved that. See, no. I agree with you there. No, no. Yeah. I, had Pope committed, he could have saved it because Pope yeah. was also gigantic. But I think it was so close. You know how like when sometimes it was still it's still actually... a great free kick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know what? The closer it is, sometimes it's actually harder to get the ball over yeah. and under the 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 defensive line. I think that's what made Pope basically stand still is that he didn't expect because that was a stuff. I mean, I haven't seen Sterling do that to be honest. I don't think I've ever seen him do a free kick like I that. I think the pace and the whip that was put on yeah. the ball and the and the proximity between the wall and the goal just made it difficult for for a goalkeeper to save it. Yeah, if it's been like 10 meters behind, uh, 10 meters further down the pitch away from goal, he could have saved it. But because it was so close, it was perfect. I think it was a great free kick. But other than that, Chelsea didn't do much. Newcastle dominated them. They ran them over with Newcastle having too many injuries. Now they're going to get this, I think, full sense of security before they play PSG. But Chelsea, we can agree, right? Chelsea's not getting top seven. No way. That's no way. You can't be this inconsistent, right? I'm like, they had two amazing games this year so far, which is obviously the game against Arsenal, I think, against City. Those are the two yeah. games that they really showed up. This this is the Chelsea that... I have to say, though, I have to, I feel bad for Thiago Silva, right? Like, yeah. he made two of the worst mistakes imaginable at 39. I mean, it has to happen eventually, right? Yeah. Like he's been, he's been solid, though, for Chelsea the last yeah. two years. This is not his fault that this is happening. Like, yeah, it, you just have to accept that it happened and write it off the game, right? Yeah, yeah. But also, like Newcastle dominated them. I mean, Newcastle at home is a force, so whoever yeah. goes there is going to be a difficult game. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what they'll do in the Champions League in the week, midweek. Yes, yeah. but nothing different, right? Like Newcastle, this is exactly what we expected. This is what they tried to do. They try to do high energy, high tempo at home. There was nothing new that we've learned from this game yeah. from both Newcastle and Chelsea. I think. Yeah, this no, I mean exactly the new thing we learned that it was like a false dawn at Chelsea when yeah. they played well and they beat Tottenham as well. That was also a good game for them, where they were able to beat a nine-man Tottenham. I, I think yeah, barely. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a that's probably a good time to transition to Tottenham because I Tottenham lost again at home one two to Aston Villa. So just for anyone who didn't watch, uh, Spurs were up one zero. They should probably have been up five zero in the first twenty five minutes. Yeah, they didn't take their chances, and we were all chatting in the group chat like, "You got to take your chances. You got to yeah. take your chances." And then as soon as Villa got back in the game, it was just like. It was honestly one of the best games I have seen this year. It was just a pure attacking, counter-attacking game. Yeah, from a tactical know. point of view, it was a good, yes. it was a very good game, intense. Um, I I really enjoyed the whole, the whole the whole game in terms of intensity. But it's just Tottenham should have been two three 0 up. They had their chances, they had their opportunities. They got offside, goal disallowed a bunch. I mean, I don't know if Aston Villa can continue doing this. They. The reason why they overpowered Tottenham, I believe, partially is due to the fact that Tottenham has a lot of injuries as well. I mean, they used uh-huh. four full backs in their defensive yeah. line. There was so, Emerson and Ben Davies as the two center yeah. backs. So, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised that they were it was that narrow from Aston Villa because they're supposedly a solid side. But I mean, did we not say a couple of injuries and Tottenham's going to collapse? They're yeah. yes. collapsing right now. Yeah, yes. that's a collapse. I just don't think anybody expected all the injuries to happen within like eight days of each other. Yeah, they got, they got they got screwed. 
I'm asking all the all, all the pundits and news anchors and all the media who were sucking Big Ange's dick. Now, why are they not questioning his three-game losing streak? When Tang Hag has it, they all Tang Hag out. He's not the same level coach. What about Big Ange with his all of his injuries? Why is that? Is but that he's going to get not a... go after him? No, no, he's going to get a bigger leeway, right? Because it, it will turn. We all know it will turn, right? Because right now yeah. there's the honeymoon. He's a new manager. Everyone is like, oh, it's not his fault. He has so many injuries. So he'll he'll probably get till the January transfer window. But if this continues to like, if they go on like a six, seven game losing streak, oh yeah, don't you worry, my friend. They're all gonna turn on him as well. I don't think they're gonna go on a six, seven uh, losing streak. But they were these like self-proclaimed title contenders by their fans online and in person, and it's just that's not gonna happen, and it's not gonna happen anytime soon. Yeah, no chance. Uh, yeah. But this is why City and Liverpool, I mean, Liverpool is the best example, right? That There's a reason they have six or seven forwards for four spots. Yeah. There's a reason they had multiple. I mean, this is why they were getting another center back on top of their four center backs. Like, you have to have depth, right? And mm-hmm. Spurs yeah. are just not there. I think I have a question about Villa, though. Because the truth is, this could have gone very differently, right? They could have been buried in the first 30 minutes. Like, Spurs yeah. could have absolutely killed them. It could have been easy. It could easily have been 4-5-0, honestly, in the first 30 minutes. Like, Emery is playing this dangerous game where he's literally living on the edge. Like, yeah. his high line, sometimes I'm like, why are you starting off like this? Like, this game should not have been a 2-1 for you. It could have easily been a 5-1 for Spurs. Do we think he's going to change anything, Emery? Or is he just going to go for this for the rest he, of the season? He went for it for the rest of the season. Then he did it against Newcastle in the opening game. He did it against other teams when it was just a ridiculous high line. He's just lucky that it was... Tottenham, who also play a high line when they're nine men down, and they don't give in to their principles, and the game goes against them, they're still going to play a high line. That's the same team it is. I don't know when they're going to understand it. Probably when it's going to be too late. Uh, that's yeah, when I gonna... agree. Where Where do you guys, have you guys changed your minds? Like, where do we think Villa is going to land at the end of the year? Based on the, what, four, 13, 14 games we've seen them so far? See, I yeah. think... Seven, eight, man. Yeah. Yeah. There are like seven, some eight. solidly European spot, right? They're going to compete yeah. for a European spot. Yeah, yeah I've, I think the top six is going to be... Chelsea's not going to be in the top six. So I think Chelsea's substitute in this space is going to be Newcastle. So mm. it's going to be the same five teams at Newcastle. I don't know which order they're going to be, but that's going to be the six. Then I think it's Aston Villa and Brighton, depending on who goes further in Europe. What does Brighton do? Because Brighton has been... They have been dodgy. Although they won. Yeah. Been I mean, they've been injury stricken as well, but um, yeah. I, I think there's probably a good time to talk about Brighton. So Brighton uh, were away. They won 2-3 against Forest, and this was a stunning game. It was so much quality and so much crap in one single yeah. 90 minutes. A shocking red. I think this is the first red. So Lewis Dunk for Brighton was given a second yellow card mm-hmm. um, for descent. And it's funny. I don't know if you guys have saw the replay or not, but he says something to the ref, and then immediately you can see he regrets it. So he tries to shake the ref's hand, uh-huh. and the ref has no fucks. He immediately uh-huh. is like, don't try to shake my hand, and gives uh-huh. him. And the game changed. Like It was like the last 15 minutes, Forrest was uh-huh. absolutely dominating, dominating. I think they hit the post actually twice. First of all, Anthony Langa, what the hell were Man United doing getting rid of him? That kid is something special. Like, I mean, he has the ability to be special. Let me rephrase it. He's a, yeah, he's he's a very fast, talented man. player. He's basically Doku, but Swedish and and less talented, less less. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Less of a speedster, but <laughs> Bro, also, the same thing. He, 
they put him up in a box with his girlfriend and bro he couldn't get a knockout in the first two rounds so yeah. you can't be a united winger with that kind of stats oh, oh my goodness for, oh that's just terrible um for brighton though it's like i mean forest they're gonna be fine right i think they have enough quality that forest will be fine they're not oh, gonna get forest are gonna be yeah, same. they're, they're yeah. safe but Brighton, they, this, they needed this, right? Brighton finally needs to reset. They needed this. a win. They they've lost them, but like for a while now. I want to uh, see what they're gonna do in Europe on, on the weekend. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. On, on Thursday, but on we'll Thursday. See. I think they're gonna be out of the group. Have um, you guys seen um, Evan Ferguson's goals this season, including this last one? His finishing is absolutely stunning. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. stunning, stunning. Like he's had these. He's done the Henri style, like. He curls the ball around yep. the goalkeeper, and they're yeah. not power; they're placement. They're perfect placement. And the first time I saw him do, I did. He did it. I was like, okay. Then the second time, I'm like, hmm, maybe it is on purpose. But now this is the fourth or fifth time he's done it. I'm like, okay, there's something special. He's 18 years old. He yeah. has the physique, the technique. He's gonna be special, I think. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, he hits that R1 circle. The finesse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there it is. <laughs> Game that I wanted to highlight because I watched it. Uh, it was Luton versus Crystal Palace. I enjoyed that game a lot. It was just a game from with a lot of intensity and a lot of uh, moments. But the the game turned around within within ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Just the goals that went in were amazing. Uh, the Oli says goal, and and the second goal from Luton. I think it was Brown, the Scottish striker, were just stunning. perfect, perfect, stunning goals. All they say just immediately rebounded from Luton's 1-0, running through on the right wing, turning left and enchanting Robin from 2013 and just putting in the in the far left corner. And Luton's second goal, what a cross. It's a, such a, like, if you, I don't know if you saw the replay, YT. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, stunning. The, def, the defender that was right next to him on the replay, when the ball is coming in, he doesn't see the player, so he just does, does this with his hands, like it's clear, like as if the ball is like it's covered, like it's a it's a cross into nowhere, and then the guy just pops in right behind him and smashes it in. Stunning, stunning result, stunning goals, good for Luton. They seem composed, they seem different, they didn't seem yes. just a team from the championship. They changed something, they added that flair to their game, and uh, kudos to them for beating Crystal Palace, and they have a real chance to stay up. Uh, whether they will, I'm not sure, but they have a real chance. Yeah. It it almost feels like they're now past the adjustment period. Like, they got yeah. to the second international break. They're like, okay, we got spanked the first 10 games. We now know what to do. And most of them did not go on international games, right? Like, they stayed. So, I feel like yeah. they had 10 days to actually do. But I have to say, credit to them, right? Even if they get relegated, there's no shame in the way they're playing. They're, yeah. they're doing what they want to do at their pace. It's actually very refreshing to watch. Like they haven't yeah. put their heads down. Yeah. I'm actually I'm almost rooting for them, to be honest. Like the way yeah. they've been doing things, I'm like, as opposed to Sheffield United, to be honest. Like I feel like they're yeah. two distinct styles where I'm like Luton are working their way into it. They were in the same position together, weren't they? With Sheffield United, it's just who's gonna adjust adjust more. Sheffield United didn't do anything special, they're just the same thing. As is yeah. Burnley. I can't believe we tipped Burnley. I think I had tipped Burnley to finish 13. At this point, I think the question should be asked. Who's like, there hasn't been a second this season in the Premier League yet. They're not going to sack him. I'm telling you right now. They're Bro, not going to sack him. It's the bold fraud mafia. 
No, no, hold on, hold on. Okay, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about that. Okay, quickly. So I don't know for for the for the viewers who listeners who didn't watch, Burnley were one up up until I think the eighty sixth minute, and then conceded yeah. two goals to West Ham, two goals at the eighty sixth yeah. and I think ninety first minute, one of which was uh, to fucking Thomas Tuchek. There's nothing bald fraud reject as you like to or whatever you call him <laughs> could yeah. have done right like Kirkland his, bald he, fraud <laughs> like <laughs> there's nothing when your players lose focus at the 86th minute and 91st minute like you did your strategy yeah, you, worked you, you make good substitutions on time I no, going to it, the... it was both individual errors again for like the 13th game in a row that I'm like is... what we're not talking about one game here we're talking about 13 games like you can't blame like yeah players are to blame too but like come on they have to take i think that's what i'm saying i think people are seeing the how many losses and i'm like i don't think it is i I can't believe i'm defending company here but i think a lot of the losses are actually truly down to individual mistakes like the kind that there's nothing you can do you just like i think it's it's a mental problem that he's not preparing them correctly if you lose two two goals in the last 86, 89th minute, be it another big team, you would be like, there's something wrong with the players. They're not yeah, confident. You're right. They're not this and that. He's not preparing them correctly. And two, I don't think he changed the way he plays in the Premier League. Still plays the same way he played in the Championship. And 13 losses onwards, that's not how you're going to get saved. You're going to get relegated. You need to change the way you play. You need to adjust better. One nil down, you put a bus. In. You just put the... You, you park the bus Mourinho style. Yeah, get that the I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, but especially when you don't have a win. Since he doesn't do it, that's where the that's I I haven't asked for who's gonna get relegated till now. And the reason why is it now because like Luton are showing. I can see the Luton showing promise. Sheffield United, it's Sheffield United. They're not they they put zero people in, and they clearly are just here to get the paycheck. It's obvious. But for Burnley, they were tipped to be this good. There's a maverick manager. Bold fraud 2.0. When is he gonna get fired? Because he had too much credibility riding on it. Yeah, I mean, you, the re- the reason I agree with you is because the other game was Sheffield United one, Bournemouth three, and I have to say Bournemouth ripped them apart. Like yeah. Dominic Solanke, the, the whole team, uh, Tavernier, fantastic left foot. So I'm almost beginning to change my mind. Where I'm like, okay, definitively Sheffield and Burnley are dead, dead in the water. Now I'm like beginning to make my mind up, and now the question is. Luton, Bournemouth, Everton, that's now the... It's it's like, I thought it was that the three spots were definitively done. But now I'm like, actually, it's two spots that are done. I think Burnley have no chance and Sheffield have no chance. But Luton have a, have a chance. I'm not saying they're going to survive, but I think it's now... The thing two. is, the thing is with, with the next topic that we're going to be talking about, because of that, every, like those four teams, they really have a solid chance in their hand. All of them do. If they change their approach, if they take it seriously, if they like that now is the perfect time, like fifteen game weeks in, like give or take two weeks. If they turn don't turn it around, it is a perfect time to do any changes that you need to do because you have 30, 23 more games to go where you can get enough points because the quality has fallen off substantially in the low end. So you still have a chance if you just turn it around. If you just yeah, keep fair. keep the rod going on, you're not gonna be safe. That's why you're saying Oh, you're assuming that nothing is going to change. That's why they're dead in the water. But the gap is not that big. Like I think the oh, the this... gap is not that big. It's it, yeah. two games, and it could be switched. You could exactly. be out of the relegation. So, yeah. Like if you continue with the rod, like that's where the question comes in. I think in the next two game weeks is a perfect time. If you want to 
if you want to save your season, if you want to stay in the Premier League, now is the time either to fire your coach or to reevaluate the way you play or to, yep. uh, I don't know, change tactics. Uh, yeah. Do something. Uh, I that's why I'm saying. The, the, speaking of uh, making changes, uh, the other game was the two. So I was surprised when I read the statistics before the game was the two most informed teams where Everton v Man United were playing. There was a whole background of, oh, Everton is going to come on fire. The 10th minute, they were going to protest. There was all this stuff going. And, you know, 100 99, not even, 999 times out of 1,000, this game would have been different. It's just, it's like someone took a knife and blew the air out of the bubble or balloon, whatever you want to say, by that Garnacho stunner in the second minute. It just completely changed the, the game, right? It was like, Everything just went out the window. All the expectations by from that game. Viva Garnacho! Viva <laughs> Garnacho! What a goal, man! What a goal! Yeah, it's exactly what what it was. It was just like bursting the the balloon with all the hopes and prayers that Everton fans had. With not just like a normal goal. Like if it was a normal goal, like seven minutes in, you'd be like, okay, everything can come back. It's just like. It's one of the arguably one of the best goals in Premier League's history. One of oh the, yeah, the, it'll in be the in every ten. YouTube YouTube yeah. relics and stuff like that, right? In the top ten, it's it, it's gonna be in the, it's gonna be used ten years later in the promos for the Premier League when they're gonna be doing like new season is come upcoming. That's gonna be like a bicycle kick by Garnacho is gonna be in the promo videos. Yeah, like. You sure. you basically like did the NBA icon in your game when you needed that. you needed a yeah. win. So have I funny. not been saying that he should start? Yes. Yeah, those other like useless fucks. And you and everybody else have been yeah. saying yeah. like he yeah. deserves yeah. to start. The like... Dutch bold fuck would not listen though. <laughs> no, no, no. I I think he he would put them. He would make make him start. The problem is that Rashford Rashford plays better on the left. He doesn't like to play on the right. But then on the right, Anthony got injured or suspended or he had like a problem at home, so he couldn't attend. Uh, so he... Uh, problem. He, uh, pro- problem, yeah. Sure, let's go with that. At home, I mean by Brazil, because he was with Brazil, I mean, traveling to Brazil internationally. Yeah. He couldn't play, so they played Rashford on the right and Garnacho played on the left. And kudos to him, but overall, in terms of the game, it didn't seem like a 3-0 game from the first half. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel like it would be a 3-0 game. Second half, United turned up. The key culprits, again, is just because of the injuries. McTominay, like he shouldn't be playing. If it was Ericsson, it would be a much more solid game. I think McTominay offers nothing. Uh, it was Martial, although he scored a goal and got, got a penalty in the second half. Yeah, in but he f- wasn't really a decent player, man. In the I first half, he was non-existent. And Rashford, yeah. Rashford lost so many balls, so many opportunities. And I was I was thinking of, about going in on him on this podcast. And then I stopped because he posted it. His cousin passed away, so he was playing through the death of his cousin. Uh, so I was like, okay, sad. I, yeah. that's sad. I understand, and that's why your game, your head wasn't in the game. So, I'll I'll say good on him. Good thing that he's <laughs> good thing that he's rested against Bayern because I have a question for else. you though. This is similar to the Spurs Villa game in my mind because Everton had their chances. It's just that their finishing was not good. The Correa yeah. had two chances that he should have finished. This this game is just like you could see the quality. Like you know when you have a striker versus you don't have it's the difference between Haaland and Mope, right? It's like Mope. Yeah. We'll miss those. Highland will bury them. This, I was like, Everton, you were still in it. It's just you yeah. couldn't finish. 
and then United took their chances. That's really what yeah. it came down to, right? It was like the game was actually pretty even in my mind. I, I watched all of it, and I was like, it was mostly even. outside of the stunning uh, bicycle kick. It could have been fifty-fifty in many ways. Uh, it was, I think, the first half the, that after the twenty-fifth minute, Everton had more chances, and then if you don't score, you concede. That's the yes. rule of football. I mean, that's exactly what happened. It was yeah, like a stereotype. They just couldn't score. United got away with it. I think if it was if it was one one at the break, I think United still would turn it around. Uh, by the way, what I what we didn't mention is a shout out to Kobe Mayno, Kobe wow. Mino, whatever he Fantastic. is. I have been calling on for him. I've been telling you about him since the, the preseason because he's been amazing in preseason. Just you didn't expect what he's gonna do when he's first up. He's been cool, calm, and collected. An amazing player as a central defensive midfielder. Like I. Potentially, fingers crossed, if nothing bad happens to him and he develops at the same pace as he does because he already has a great head on his shoulders, he's there's a sub for Casemiro already. You don't even need yeah, to buy it. I agree. Amazing. There, there was moments where he was so calm and he was like doing things you expect to see from Rodri and Fabinho. That was the kind of move. Yeah. You know, I have to say, he almost reminds me, Big Love, I forgot his name. I think you guys have, a, I think he's Serbian defensive midfielder. He's like 18 year old. Bajic, Steven Bajic. Yeah, yeah, Bajic. Yeah. Like, they're both. I'm like, okay, whatever, wherever you guys scouted, wherever y'all both, you both have potential, like, gems in the defensive midfield. Like, the kind of person, the player that will be there for five years, 10 years, 15 years. Like, both Liverpool and United. I was, I have to say, shockingly good. Like, impressive. Like, Shaw's back. Shaw was amazing. So, I think... If they if he gets the balance right, if Ericsson would be back, or if they could play, I don't know, who instead of McTominay in that midfield, and if Hoyun came back, and then Garnacho left someone on the right, I think you know, I have a chance against Galatasaray. But overall, I think it was a great game. The only quarrel I had with the referees there is just the stupidity of giving a yellow card to Martial for a dive, which I haven't seen this season. For someone <laughs> to get a yellow card for a dive. No, no. Uh, you know what? Let's just agree not to talk about the refs. And, and the yeah. reason is mostly for me, because I think we might as well talk about the last game. Which was uh, Brentford 0, Arsenal 1. Yeah. And, of course, top of the league, baby. Top of the league. But I will... Okay, 10 seconds. The fucking refs, the incompetence, how... Premier League, stop claiming you're the best league until you fix the ref situation because that's what's holding you back. Because these are the most incompetent refs I have ever fucking seen in my goddamn life. It just it's so frustrating how they ruin the game. Like the game should be about the players and instead it's about the refs. Because the Brentford Arsenal game was almost ruined by the refs once again. Like it was just so frustrating to watch. Which decision did you know, like the goal that was like off by a foot or by a toe? <laughs> or... Okay. So explain to me. You can clearly tell that, what's the thing? You know when you jump, you can sometimes use your legs to like elevate. You use your hands and your legs to like push out so you can get yeah. higher. So obviously, the the furthest part of his body was his foot. And instead, they draw the line against his shoulder. So of course, he's offside. I was, I was watching it and I'm like, but of course, the PGML, do you guys know this? They stopped showing them drawing the lines where they of pick course, where the line. controversial. What a bunch of bullshit. I'm like, oh, so you just chose the one spot where it's offside and then, oh, magically, it's offside. Like, what the fuck is going on, man? Yeah. Was, What's yeah. going on is there's a campaign to, like, shut people up. Yes. That's yeah. why every time there's, like, you know, you say something about refs, you have this, like, fucking press clamoring. 
Oh, uh, I know. So, they, like, they're killing Arteta right now. They're like, now they're yeah. charging him and threatening him with a ban because apparently, I'm like, he was right, yo. Fuck you guys. Yeah. I mean, how there's no free you must be check. You can't criticize the referees because they're they're making all the decisions. I'm surprised that like, City's decision got overturned. Yeah, me too. I think they, they finally realized after 14 games, 13 games, that they're like, hey, we should we should have one one decision go against City just to seem as if it's balanced after the 13 yeah. games. Yeah, uh, it was just... But overall, uh, in terms of the game, what do you think? Do you think... Uh, okay, Here, here's my truth is like, I think last year, people... A lot of people are complaining, and I'll explain why. I think last year, it was this like run-and-gun, very yeah. exciting football. But the truth is, that's fun to watch, but it doesn't win you a title, right? There's a reason pretty much every single year, the team with the best defensive record wins the title. You want to have control of the game, you want to have the mm-hmm. best defensive record, and yeah. then you build on top of that. So people are watching Arsenal, and they're like, oh, they're so boring. And I'm like, no, it's about control. He's, he's changed the style. I agree that the attacking is not as good as it used to be. But also, there's a reason we've conceded the fewest goals in the Premier League. Only Liverpool have conceded fewer than... Uh, sorry, Liverpool has 11 goals conceded. We've had 10. I think we're doing the amazing tactically. Also, Declan Rice was worth every fucking 100 million. Like, he Declan was... Rice is amazing. It's just... I think I, the, the reason why I am... Again, Arsenal are genuine contenders, and I agree with it. I'm just saying that I would expect this type of energy, this type of game, and this type of result, and this type of emotional output... From a game, if this game was in March, yes. I would say, yes, this is like Arsenal can win the game because Arsenal yes. has the title. Just because it's November, like you and Brentford, and you were close to losing this game, you were close to drawing this game. Yes, because, but this is what Brentford does, right? It's like if, you, if people are like, oh, why didn't they? I'm like, Brentford. No, but you were also you were close to close to doing it, not because Brentford was amazing, it's because Aaron Ramsdale. Is a tool. Oh yeah, yeah, the mistake, yeah, the mistakes that he did, and they are. It is what Brentford, it is, right? Yeah, it's just I, I'm I'm saying that they're contenders. I'm seeing that they're contenders. They have the chances. It's just for like, if this win happened in March, I would be like, yes, for sure, they have the resilience because they're already tired enough, so they pulled it pulled it out of the bag. Here, I think they should have been more. It should have been done on the 80th minute or 78th yes. minute. It came in on the 989. It comes like a little bit. They they ran away with it. But but we month. both we you and I have seen how many Brentford games have we watched? How many times have you seen Brentford? sit with 10 players in the box and go at low block. It's very yeah. rare, right? It's like almost every game Brentford is attacking. The only two games that they never do that are City. It was used to be the one game and now suddenly Arsenal. So that's why I'm like, guys, what do you expect? They did it against United it's before hard to... we did a 2-1 comeback. They were sitting at the back. Yeah. And then, yeah. But after they, they scored the goal, right? After they scored uh, that ridiculous goal. that I remember watching this game. So I'm like, people are like criticizing. I'm like, guys, it's Brentford at home. They decided to sit with 10 players in the box. It's not going to be easy to break them down. Had they been attacking like they usually are, we would have destroyed them. But that's why they so, didn't do that strategy. So do you like Kai Havertz now? I, I've always backed him. Listen. Uh, look at it. Look at it changing his ah! tune. I've always backed him. He was my man. I wanted him to be a sub. No, but do you yeah, like that? No, no, no. That's that Arsenal fan TV in him. Yeah, yeah, never, never. I will never associate with those idiots. No. The truth is, like, he's going to work his way. We still don't know what his best position is. Is it the left eight? Is it a I false nine? I think you should nine? know by now if you want to win the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No. But the thing is, at least he's contributing. Like, the problem is, people are like, oh, he doesn't have goals, he doesn't have assists. I'm like, that's you're, you're right. He doesn't have a goal, he doesn't have assists. He but has a goal now. Huh? He, I mean, he has two goals now. But he actually contributes to the team so much. It's just not what people expect. It's like, I don't know what a good example is. It's like Joe Linton. Joe Linton 
people are like, oh, he doesn't uh, contribute. I'm like, if you expect Jolinton to contribute as a striker, he's not going to give you goals, right? But he's a fantastic midfielder. Like, there's other things he brings to the game. And that's the same thing with Kai. I think it's just, we have to stop this impression that he's a goal machine. He's not a goal machine. I think we could oh, all I agree. Speaking of that, this is another question that I have for you. Okay. What are your takes on Jesus's comments, Gabriel Jesus's comments that goals are not my forte, essentially. He's like, I bring, <laughs> I bring more things to the team than goals. I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, my forte is not bringing opinion. No, to the but table it's, well. it's because Jesus, if he doesn't get involved in the game in the first 15 minutes, he has this tendency. I he can't believe you're going to justify this. He's a striker. He's made. No, 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 no. Well, no, listen. That's, it just is what it is, right? We, we know we need what an actual. It is what it is. Hold on, a striker. We, we, we know we need a striker. Like, no, no, this but is, like, what's your take on his opinion? Don't defend him. Just oh, no. I, th- I, think, I think it's good that he admits that he is not the greatest of pure number nine. Okay. It just, you know, a good example, actually, Big Lev will admit this, is Bobby Firmino. Was not the most traditional number nine, right? Bobby oh, Firmino scored goals in all the big games. No, sure, but he his main thing was to enable the rest of the team. Like he was a connector, facilitator, right? Because he had Mane and he had Salah scoring a hundred thousand goals. A like, but people would get you saw what he was able to contribute, right? Like, would you say Bobby Firmino was a traditional number nine who's scoring only goals? No, no that's not what he was. He playing as traditional number nine. But he would drop Either. into the spot, into that also, hole, right? He, also, he wouldn't go on an interview and say, my main thing is not to bring goals to the team. <laughs> yeah, because he brings other things. Hey, all you're here to criticize, listen, you know, know. It's just a weird thing to say from a striker like, who was bought from City to the point of, like, he's going to bring us goals. He's the main scoring no, machine from City. It's because people don't understand his, his history. Is He's actually traditionally a right and a left winger. He's not actually uh-huh. an actual number nine. That's why I'm like, he brings more things to the table. We still need to figure out our goal scoring. Like, we would, I would love to have the team we're about to talk to next, actually. I'd love to have, like, someone like Osim, man. But, yeah. hey, not a, we can't just pick up $150 million striker. So you still need a striker, essentially. I think so, yeah. We okay. need to get rid of Inketia and get a striker. That means that you just, like, justify this whole comment and, like, just do no, not know. I know this. to spoil Jesus's mood if he listens to us. Listen, just say, I, I, I like said him. this, like, weeks ago. Big Lev is spoiled with like fucking six forwards. I would take any of them, honestly, except for Jota. I hate Jota. But like, why, bro? Jota always comes up with big goals. Like, he was not good in the last game, but like, bro. No, but okay. The truth is, like, listen, at some stage, you had like, yeah, let's just put it this way. You guys have a monopoly on forwards, and I would have taken any of them because we we need a forward for it. These guys got Hoyland. We need, we, we, like, as Arsenal, need the same thing. Um, Okay. I think we should switch gears for a second and um, talk about Syria. Okay, so I think the the main thing there's a couple of big games uh, this weekend in Syria. Uh, the first one was, I believe, Atalanta Napoli was one of the big games. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was Atalanta at home one, Napoli two. Yep. Um, it, it wasn't a deserved win for Napoli, in my opinion. But they shouldn't, right? No, no. Quite yeah. a, I mean, it was Kuzma like amazing. a smash and grab, bro. Yeah. Smash yes. and you grab. That's uh. what Quara does. Yeah. <laughs> Both goals, by the way, from Napoli and Atalanta were from like a traditional like Premier League goals, like a cross in yeah. and a header. Uh, but Kavice yeah. is amazing. I think he's on a, he's on a fire run. Uh He's finding his feet, right? Like yeah, he's, he's beginning to heat up saying now. That He's just a one-season wonder. Oh, no yeah, chance. bro. He scored the 
three times during international break. Yeah. Oh, he's on fire right now. Like yeah. he, he, I think a big part of it helps that the rest of the team is beginning to t- pull some of the defenders and help yeah. him overlapping, yeah. underlapping. I'm sorry, like there's only a certain number of times he can be defended by three players and expect him to go yeah. past all three of them. Yeah. Just before the second goal of Napoli, like Atalanta was so close to scoring. It seemed like Atalanta's going to win this game and they were a better team overall because Napoli changed the way they're playing because they brought in Mazzari and there's, he doesn't... Like it's very basic football. He's I think like he's restructuring them as they go to play with the most basic way they can play. Uh, and he also didn't start as well. He was on the bench. And then Napoli was just looked as a better unit and a better team and more creative overall. And they were so close to winning this game, they scoring the second goal. And then the, their goalkeeper just made a terrible mistake. Terrible <laughs> mistake. Gave away the ball to Almas, I think. Yeah, it was. It was almost, and then he scored. And then that's it. Napoli just controlled the game and won it. But good on Napoli. I still, I think, with the change of managers and the way they're doing, they're going to be third in my mind. It's just. That's where they're gonna end up. Two. Ahead of Milan, I think they're gonna be they're gonna be behind of Milan, behind of Milan. I think it's gonna okay, be Inter okay. Milan and Napoli, the top three. Still, yeah. I just think right now because of the change in managers and the way they play, is uh, just that's just doesn't feel like it's clicked, yeah. right? It's not the same Napoli team. No. And that's why Spalletti left. Probably he was like, I got this magic once, and then I'm bouncing. Yeah, through. yeah. But I, the thing is, the duo of obviously. Quarajara and Osimen, like you need both, right? Because yeah. Osimen makes the space for Quarajara to then destroy them. And yeah. the, the vice versa is Quarajara then gives Osimen real balls. It's like, yeah. there's a reason it works as a pair, but individually, they're still good. I mean, they're still amazing, both players, but you have to start both. If you have both available, you have to start your two best yeah. players. Like, is the truth. I think the other game we're talking about is uh, Milan Fiorentina. So I think it was Milan at home. I believe. Yeah. And they won 1-0 to Fiorentina. It, it was... I don't know if you guys caught it. I, I caught most of the game. Milan... Fiorentina is a good attacking team. They're actually very entertaining to watch. And they have this midfielder. Oh, I forgot his name. Just a stunning attacking midfielder. Um, But Milan... They're getting wins, but they just don't look on pace, to be honest. They like, also have a lot of injuries, don't they? They had to call in like a 15-year-old who's... Oh yeah, they both Drew was missing, Liao was missing. Uh, I think there's two of the midfielders were missing. It, it doesn't change the fact. Like, um, who's the Serbian forward that they have? I forgot his name. Oh, not Jovic. Um, uh, it's it's Jovic. It's Jovic. Jovic. I yeah. have to say, he's useless, man. Just, <laughs> just, just. I have never seen such a useless forward. But Fiorentina, very entertaining to watch. For any listeners, if you if you get a chance, you should watch a Fiorentina game. Milan. I don't know what to say, man. They just, they're not at it this year. I know they're yeah. in third place. They're only, what, six points or seven points behind the Inter Milan. But they're just, they just don't look good. They can still turn it around, but we'll see. It was, it was a typical Serie A win. Yeah, you know? 1-0. Um, I think the big game that was hyped up was Inter versus Juve. And on, I have to be honest, that was some um, terrorist football. The game was actually super entertaining in moments, and then other moments it was just like a leg ball, like you couldn't imagine. It was just, but 
Vlaovic was dragging this Juve team. I have to be honest, Vlaovic is a fucking incredible. And he wanted to leave as well. I don't know if he will leave at the end of the season. But I think the moment they can afford to fire Allegri, because I think it's just because his compensation is too high, they're going to fire him. Because his team is way underperforming. I still can't believe that any other person who doesn't watch any Juve football was going to be like... Oh, Allegri's doing such a good job. They're second. Oh. They're three points behind the first spot, but they're playing such atrocious football with a lot of talent. The oh. football is just atrocious. It's so oh. bad. It's and so Inter bad. is not a team that, you know, takes the game by the scruff of their neck. They usually yeah. score one or two and sit back, and they were happy with the draw. So. I mean, Inter, I have to say, they came back into the game, got their goal, and it's just, again, for any listeners, if you ever want to watch tactical masterclass of, like, the game, the evolution, the tweaks in the game, my god, he's, Zaghi is incredible. This Inter, as much as I hate Inter, it's just so fun to watch the tactical tweaks that he does. They're yeah. just so flexible. Also, Turam, holy shit, Turam. he's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the son of the original Turam. The yes. son of the original and Martinez. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He just I just they deserve to be top, honestly. They he deserve also, to win it. Also the DeMarco the left back. I left yeah. wing back. I still like, I back. said it before, but like I like him so much. Yeah. So Such a so good much. He scored a uh, like a two week game weeks ago. Or yeah, something like that. and it was on purpose. Stunning. Anyone who says it wasn't, yeah. it was definitely on purpose. What yeah. he was trying to do, amazing. Um, I think we should just switch quickly. Then we should do predictions. Actually, wait. Yeah, I have, a foreign, I have a foreign take before we wrap up. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is like a hot, hot, hot take. This is relevant to our Canadian and our American listeners. But Turkey is the fucking worst meat. This is relevant to Thanksgiving. <laughs> and anyone who says otherwise doesn't know food. That, oh, that's wow. my foreign take. You're Turkey's the worst meat. The worst. Meat. The worst worse than venison? Yes. Agreed. 100% worse than venison. Worse than elephant penis? <laughs> Having tried, it probably is worse. <laughs> I don't know, man. Fresh turkey is pretty good. It's just pain in the ass to prepare. Yeah. It's just not worth like, the effort, I, I, right? I don't want a meal that takes six, seven hours to prepare. And then take six, seven days to get rid of if you don't have like a huge family. Yeah, yeah but it's just you fall asleep after eating it. Yeah, yeah, I just I don't understand the fascination. A chicken is so much better than turkey. Let's do Champions League is back, so I figure we'll do a quick fire. We'll just go through all the games, quick fire, give a prediction, and then we'll wrap up for the day. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. I think Big Lev is is getting there. He he needs yeah. it. He needs to be might eat a whole turkey whole yeah, exactly. right now. He's that's hungry more. <laughs> that's why he changed his opinion. You know, he was different with <laughs> the chat. Right now, he's like a turkey would be good. A turkey oh. would be good right now. <laughs> uh, all right. So first game is Lazio Celtic. Lazio at home. Uh, I think Lazio's going to win. That. Yeah, yeah, I think they need a win, and I think Maurizio side is going to smoke the whole stadium up. Have you seen that? Have you seen that uh, interview you did? They asked him if you're if you're gonna if he's gonna go to coach at Saudi, and he asked, "Can I smoke there?" They said yes. He was like, "Yes." Oh, oh, yeah. coach there. What a ridiculous! Yeah. Man. I agree with you. I think the thing is, Lazio are not doing particularly hot this year, to be honest. And wasn't it their forward? Who's their forward again? I always forget his name. Immobile. Chiro. He's just not on fire. But Celtic, fucking crap, honestly. Um, yeah. Shakhtar Antwerp. Bro, Shakhtar's uh, gonna take it three zero. Yeah. Wow. Three z okay. I, I would actually buy that. Um very interesting game. Milan Dortmund. Oh, it's an interesting one. Both need point they drew zero zero last time. Yeah. But this time I think Milan needs points more. 
yes. than, than, than Dortmund needs it. To I mean, everyone needs a win, right? It's like in that, I think uh, it's yeah, like... group of death. The it's group, group of death. Yeah, like essentially Dortmund are actually ahead, but they could easily be last after the end of this game week. Yeah. So they're I'm only... Milan's not going to lose this game. I think Milan's going to either draw or win. Wow, interesting. Think... Big love? Yeah, I think Milan will win. Edge it out like 1-0. Yeah, I think Dortmund just too naive. Um, Feyenoord, Atletico Madrid. Uh, Atletico. Think... Probably Atletico. Will... Yeah. Atletico, yeah, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. High-scoring game, for sure. Oh, but I, think Atletico... I think it'll be like a 1-5 kind of game where Feyenoord will attack and get destroyed by Atletico. Yeah, because I think Griezmann, like... Griezmann a hat trick. I'm calling oh, it right now. Interesting. Oh. Um, I think probably the game of the of the of the Champions League is PSG Newcastle. PSG is gonna beat them. I think PSG's Newcastle gonna... will get creamed. Yeah. Oh. No. Yeah, they'll be like, oh no. You know, for the both my heart and my brain are saying PSG to win. I can't yeah. wait to see Newcastle cry and get dumped out. Not even Europa League. I want Newcastle to finish last. I think Newcastle uh, are going to finish last. I, 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 that was my prediction before the start of it. Um, yeah, you're so right. They're going to stay in the group. But I think PSG should definitely. Oh, this is also Qatar versus Saudi, right? Yeah. In Qatar many ways. Versus... Yeah. Um, the next game is Barcelona at home to Porto. Barca has been wobbling, but I think they're going to edge it against Porto. Also like a 1-0 win, maybe. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Max, at the most, is going to be a draw. I think Porto's going to run away with it. Yeah, I think Barca's going to pull it out, sadly. Um, next one is Young Boys versus Red Star. Severna Zvezda. I, think. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's going to be like they're going to go both go for it because it's for the third spot. So Yeah. Uh, who I gives think. a shit? Is my yeah. prediction for this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good prediction, too. That is yeah. a good prediction, but also I agree with KG. It's going to be a good game because they're both going to go for it. Yeah, it's going to uh, be much more entertaining, I think, than the Celtic Lazio one or oh, the yeah. Barcelona Porto one. Or, or the next sure, which is City Leipzig. Uh, City's yeah. gonna, they're going to roll, roll over them just because they can. Yeah, every uh, they do this to Leipzig, it's so sad. And unless he puts up, you know, he does a pep thing and puts out like the Rico Lewis and everyone else. Bro, no chance, man. There, he's gonna destroy them this year. I think he uh, wants another treble so he can cement his uh, his. Uh, he's like never a... gonna get another treble. He got one by accident. Good enough for it. Oh my god, we're not gonna. Okay, bro. Uh, next bold fraud. Come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> next game is Gala at home against United. United for the win. I mean, that's my heart, not my brain. Uh, United for the one. Oh, they need I'm to going win. Gala for Gala, the Gala, bro. Gala. Yeah. United have been riding this high. They did not really work to get. It. Yeah. They're going to get smacked down. Yeah. Yeah. United I, are yeah. going to win this one. They're going to third out of the group the most. But if they lose this one, they're going to be fourth. I actually agree. If they don't win this game, better lose it. Finish fourth. Yeah, just, yeah, yes. so you don't want to go to but, Europa League. But no, I, think, I think United are going to win this game. Nah, hmm. We'll see. Um, next game is Sevilla PSV. Honestly, uh, they're both yeah. okay teams. Yeah. I don't I'd probably know. edge Sevilla at home, to be honest. Yeah, you, you know this group better, I think. Sevilla yeah. should advance this time. I think Sevilla have been struggling. PSV is PSV. Yeah, I'd probably edge Sevilla. Almost there. I think next game, do we even want to say anything? Bayern at home against Copenhagen? The real It'll question is... Wait, let me rephrase. Kane versus Copenhagen. What's this? That's, that's <laughs> the question, really. He's gonna I score think... two and an assist. Ooh. Yeah, I think I think he's gonna bag a hat trick. Ooh, I think he's gonna bag two assists and a goal, but a hat trick oh. regardless. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, next game, uh, another very good game, I think, will be Real Madrid at home against Napoli. I'm gonna. I think Napoli is gonna take this one because Real Madrid has too many injuries. I Ooh, think it's gonna end in a draw. 
both scoring. Ooh. Interesting. I think if Osiman and Quara are healthy, I think I'll take Napoli to win this as well. It's just because Real Madrid has too many injuries. They have yes. Vini gone, defense gone. They only have Bellingham essentially. He can drive them up so I so much. Bellingham so by himself is what fifteen yeah. KO goals in yeah. sixteen games. He's, so, you he's know. tired, man. He's like, yeah, I'm not getting paid enough for this shit, bro. <laughs> uh, next game, I have to say, my favorite team of the of the year to watch is uh, Real Sociedad at home to Aubrey Leipz- to Salzburg. I think they're gonna edge. I think Sociedad will destroy Salzburg. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go four one for Sociedad. Wow, four one. Yeah, I would go. Anyone who hasn't watched it. Or this year, the two teams I would suggest watching are Leverkusen and uh, Sociedad. Two incredible attackers. And Fiorentina. And Fiorentina. Just they're and not Chiron. as good though. Yeah, yeah. City's feeder team. No yes. comment. I, I'm not going to comment <laughs> about Girona. Um, next game is I think Big Love described it well. Is Mister Who Gives a Shit at Braga <laughs> at home to Union Berlin, who are on like a 16 game losing streak or something like that. Yeah, they yeah. fired their coach, didn't they? Yeah, they it's did. gonna be it's gonna be a low score game. It's zero zero. Like so that's gonna think. Yeah, like that, they're it, both pretty bad. Yeah, yeah they're both terrible. This is the only game that screams zero zero. By the way, yeah, that's, that's true. This is a game that screams they should have been in conference league. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, next game or second to last game is the Gunners, the Arsenal to against Lons at home. I think Arsenal's gonna come. I mean, they should win the it because they yeah. also need to win it. Yeah, yeah, I think they're gonna destroy them this time around. I think Lons payback, pay payback time. Yeah, uh, it's definitely gonna be payback. I think it's gonna be a good atmosphere. And last uh, game is gonna be Benfica against Inter Milan. Internationale. I think Inter is gonna win this one because Benfica has been awful in the Champions. I think they're staying in the group. They yeah. don't want a single point. Either. Maybe this is their chance to get a, like a redemption arc going, but. No. Redemption arc. Unlocking special powers. The power uh, of friendship. Oh yeah, the power of friendship and try oh, to meet it. Now interesting. <laughs> I think. Um, I think we're gonna wrap up. I think uh, for the week. Um, next episode, we're gonna talk about Champions League results, Premier League results, weekend results, and we're gonna talk about our topic of the week. Next week will be what changes would we want to see for VAR. I think we're actually going to discuss, like, I think we've been insulting VAR for weeks on end, but this time we're going to be like, how do we actually fix it? Let's see if there's anything else that's going to change from the time being, from today till next week, because there can be a lot of controversial decisions. Yeah, in fact, I could say, let's just remove VAR might be the solution after another week of their bullshit, honestly. Um, I think that's a wrap, boys. Yeah, have a good evening. Have a good evening. Do whatever. I'm not the manager of your lives.